This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Seeking Profit. My name is Emil and I am joined as always by Andrew. Andrew, what's happening, man? Are you uh are you getting pummeled by this winter storm that I hear is going on everywhere except for California and Florida? <laughs> Dude, you know, it was 40 degrees this morning. And then, you know, I was going out to lunch with my dad and uh, Laura was like, it's going down to 10 by 5 p.m. I'm like, oh man, I'm at lunch, it's snowing, I don't even know what's going on over here. We're like swinging 30 degrees in an hour. It's like so weird for it to go down through the day, like that that never happens in California. It's like you wake up, you know, it's 7 o'clock, it's the coldest it's going to be until, you know, whatever, 4 a.m. the next day. Like that's so weird to wake up and it's like the hot, the warmest part of the day and it just gets colder. Dude, uh, Gene on the team, we we're having uh, like a, a team chat and uh, he's like, today the high is negative 12. And I was like, you, you mean the low? He's like, no, no, the low is negative 26. Oh, I'm like, my. oh my, he's, he's in North Dakota though. So they're, they're like way up there. You know, uh, a lot of things wrong with California, but uh, today it's going to be like 70 degrees. So... You know, wow. I got that going. <laughs> anyway, dude, I, uh, yeah, very expensive. I pay for it. Let me tell you that. Uh, today, I'm really, really excited for this episode because it's self-serving in a way. We're going to be talking about how you grew Listen Money Matters to, I think, over 500,000 listens a month. And you guys have mm-hmm. something like 2,200 reviews on different like podcast networks. So I'm going to be taking notes. Hopefully it helps us learn how to grow this podcast. It's like a podcast inception. And then for people listening who want to, you know, build a brand around whatever they're doing, I think podcasts are just, just awesome in general. So, uh, let's, let's start at the beginning. How did you, how did you guys even like, you had listen money matters, right? You bought the site. Uh-huh. Was the podcast was the blogging. first thing? Okay. I was like blogging. <laughs> <laughs> so you were blogging. Like, why did you even decide Let's do a podcast with this thing. I didn't. And if it was up to me, we would have never did it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I joined Fizzle, which is like a community for online entrepreneurs, bloggers, basically. And um, <clears throat> uh, Matt had commented. I mean, he, I guess he saw my site because I was a member, read a thing and commented on the article. And I, I don't know, maybe I had like one or two other comments, like full stop across the site. So, I mean, obviously replied, was pretty excited because it was a coherent reply, not like just like a jammed in link. Um, we zo- we Skyped at the time, Zoom didn't exist. Uh, and we got to talking about money and I was just kind of like berating him about it. Uh, but it was like funny, you know, I, or, or so Laura thought hearing just like half of it. She's like, you guys got to record this. So we did. And then... And we did. And that was like really what happened. It was no real planning. But once we agreed, then we planned. You guys just sort of like, let's just record us talking about money and, and see how it goes. Yeah. 
we we didn't even have um, a really strong idea of what we were going to do. I think Matt said he'd recorded like a local shock jockey type podcast with, you know, I don't know, none listeners. Um, so he's like, I know what I'm doing. All right. I don't know anything. And so we just kind of went with it. Did like, were podcasts starting to blow up? Like what year was this? Take us, take us to the year. Oh, wow. This was, um, 2013 when we started it. Um, and starting to blow up, I think like John Lee Dumas had just did his thing. And I think he had earned a hundred K in a month. And so everyone's like, Oh my God, podcasts are going to be rich. Um, but really he did the daily podcast, right? He had like, what was his shtick? It was daily and it was super okay. formulaic. Um, super formulaic. I remember listening to a couple episodes and like no shade on him, but I was like, I'm shocked. This thing is like one of the best podcasts out there right now. <laughs> I kind of agree, and, and no shade on him. I mean, he he kind of created a format. Yeah, yeah, maybe goes to show how much people want like standardized things delivered. So in the beginning, uh, we we would publish like weekly, um, and we didn't quite nail the format, you know. Or we started to get some traction, um, and then we had this like this crazy idea. Well, not so crazy. You literally said John Lee Dumas was daily. We're like, let's go daily. Obviously, podcasts must be daily. So we planned this whole thing. I think we called it like the 30-day challenge or something, and we like tied a something to it. And we kind of like planned how we would launch this 30-day thing. And you know, and it wasn't like only going to be 30 days, but we were giving ourselves like an out if we hated it or it wasn't working. Um, and so we went full like daily 30 days, uh, and that was a massive inflection point for us. For a few reasons. One, I mean, if you just publish more, you're going to get more. You know, if, say, every episode gets 20 listens and publish five, like, you're going to get 100 listens. So, okay. But our episodes were getting progressively more listens, and I think it was, uh, we were getting feedback faster. So we were able to, like, get better at what we were doing, refine it, um, and then we were having, like, a broader surface area. And so... For us, it went from like a kind of decent to like a really steep climb. In hindsight, looking at it, it wasn't a blowout success, but because we had such greater surface area and we had a bet, we were doing, we were creating better episodes, it felt like we were blowing up. But then that kind of like energy fueled us forward. I, I wonder if you got like, did you announce it? So I, so I think a big part of why it worked, um, we agreed to contact like, like literally everyone we knew. Like we, I, th I think we just like said like we're contacting everyone that we know to yeah. tell them we're starting a podcast. I'm like kind of a recluse. Like I like to just be alone and do my thing. I was emailing people from high school, from college. If a random person had just it's like uh, spam emailed me, I told them about the show. And we did like a concerted push, like wrote emails per person for like a lot of people. And it actually wound up seeding us pretty well. And a lot of these like high school or whatever people, they, they became like listeners. And they would like stay in contact with me. Like, I love, I love this episode. So... Like what we learned there is like you, you have to just like guerrilla market, like tell everyone, tell your mom, say, mom, tell your friends, tell your friends to tell their friends. Cause uh, like if everyone just tells one person, you're, you're like doubling in short periods of time. 
I'm sure that gets you your first like couple listeners, but all right, take me back the 30 day challenge. Did you guys like on the podcast announce, Hey, we're going to be doing a 30 day challenge. We did. I don't think that that made much of a difference. So I wouldn't prescribe too much to the 30 day other than we nailed the format. You know, we became more confident. Um, we're creating better stuff. I think it forced us to promote what you weren't doing. Mm. Um, but what, what we discovered in like, because now we were like in it. We're like, we got to grow this. We got to figure it out. We realized um, how important SEO was with podcasts. Really? Where, yeah. So everyone was like, you know, Google SEO. No one was doing anything with podcast SEO. There was, you couldn't even find it. I actually don't even know if you could still find it. It was like this like secret. Um, iTunes search was then and still is extremely bad. So <laughs> it's it's a direct match on words ranked by biggest show. Okay. Like full stop. So if I create it, so if I'm a personal finance podcast and I create something on bird watching, the size of my show can dictate where I would show up in the search results. Um, and so we became really strategic about how we named things and then what we put in the description of episodes. Do you have an example? Um, so the show was called Listen Money Matters. And then uh, listen, and then it became like, listen, I don't know exactly what it is now or what it was, but it was Listen Money Matters, a show on investing, debt, budgeting, blah, 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 throwing in a bunch of things that we thought people were looking for. And right. where we might release an episode on like how to budget, you know, the blah, blah, blah method. Um, you know, maybe we would stick in, you know, Mint or, you know, a tool or a brand name or we make sure guests and their companies were in the title um, because like I was obsessed with James Clear when we started podcasting, the habit guy, Atomic Habits. Yeah. Um, and so I would actually like look for his interviews because I just want to like hear him talk and we discovered that that is a thing that people do for a lot of people and just because there's like 10 searches, you know, if you're going to talk to the person, you got to get those 10 people and so it's like, as you build your catalog, mindfully titling and stuff so that you can kind of just capture this at scale. Got it. Okay. What was then like the next big inflection? Like what were the different points? You know, how, how do you go from zero to 500? What are the different points that like got you there? Um, one of the things that really worked for us is soliciting feedback and like engaging the audience. We had catchphrases. So people would email us to get the catchphrase on the show. They mm. would listen. And when they heard their catchphrase, they would email us, comment on the episode and, you know, or, or you said it wrong, the catchphrase. And so <laughs> getting them like in it really helped. And then they would ask us questions and we would cover the questions and we would say their name and we would let them add a little whatever. So it's like, and this question's from Vicky who lives in Antarctica or what, you know, some inane thing. And so, the audience really started to like, I guess, show up for us. And, and uh, we, we did a road show. We kind of like constantly did a road show. We would go on other people's podcasts, like they'd come on ours, we would come on theirs. It's like a bit of audience sharing. Um, did you do guests in the beginning? Did you guys try to keep it like just you and Matt and then 
brought guests on and like it became a regular thing. So it was only Matt and I for a while and we wanted to keep it that way. Um, but the, the truth of it is, and I'm already feeling it now, I'm remembering when I was doing the show, prepping for episodes is, is hard. It's a yeah. lot of work. And um, it's not my favorite kind of work. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like you're creating this doc and you're planning out a future conversation. And, you know, uh, if, you, if you don't prep, it's just a bad episode. And in personal finance, if you're wrong, everyone calls you out and hates on you. So you like, have to be correct. Um, but if you have a guest... You have to do like almost no prep. They carry the episode. Mm. And so as we were like burning out and running out of ideas, we were starting to really do guests because it was just so easy. Sometimes they would bring their own audience. Like I said, we'd put the name in the episode. What, uh, and it's interesting conversations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it, right? Like so far for this, you know, just to, to peek behind the curtain for Seeking Profit, like right now you and I, like just before we started recording this, we're like, we want to keep it mostly us talking about what's going on in our businesses. But yes, we'll bring on guests when it like really makes sense. So, I mean, we're even having that conversation as we're thinking about how do we grow this podcast? Oh, absolutely. It's like we have to hit our pocket, be something. Then we bring people in to help like augment, you know. I think part of it too is how do you stand out, right? Like, you guys, and, and this will probably be like my next question is, how did you guys stand out? Like we've talked about, you know, a lot of people in our space, it just becomes a, a guest network. It's just like guest after guest after guest. And you don't really develop a relationship with the person you're listening to, right? You don't know what's going on with them. They're there, they're interviewing the people, but like that's kind of the person you hear from every week, but you don't really... <laughs> Like, know what's going on behind the scenes for them. Later on in the show, we would do, like, um, meetups in New York, and we'd cover the bar tab. It was just fun to have everyone come out, and everyone would always, like, tell me. They felt like they knew me. You know, it yeah. was, like, so weird to see me and hear my, my voice in person. And uh, I think what we accidentally did, which was maybe one of the best things, is we had this, like, opening or, or, or the, the episodes generally were loose enough that we were talking about ourselves in addition to the topic. And so it's like you have the story arc of the show and mm-hmm. then you have like the story arc of Andrew and Matt as our lives kind of unfolded. If we Did we move? Did we make this decision? Did we meet this person? The, how the business is doing? And so like the episodes are never about that stuff, but then people kind of got tied into that. The th- I think the, the wins in terms of like growing the show, it's like all of the little things summed up. Like, for example, if you go to say Betterment's website on your phone, there'll be a little banner on the top that says, say say you have an iPhone, a little banner on the top that says like, click here to get the app and it pops open to the app store and you could download the app. Um, We discovered that you could do that for podcasts. And so integrated into the iPhone, the banner will come up for this one matters of the thing and you hit the button and it'll open in the podcast app and you could literally subscribe or whatever right there from your phone in um, like the podcast app in, in iOS. And that was a game changer. It wasn't like it blew it up, but it just increased the inflection point of growth more. Um, and it was just like stacking these things. Yeah, I, I remember... You know, I was a listen, like that's how you and I met. It was, I was a listen money matters listener 
you introduced me to Roofstock. That's how I got started in real estate investing. And then like, you know, randomly our worlds collided because you were doing, you know, growing Listen Money Matters through SEO. I was doing SEO as like a side hustle as well as my day job. Uh, and I just remember you would, you were kind of guinea pig for the thing you were talking about, right? Like you guys were talking about personal finance where a lot of people just speak in vague generalities. You were like, all right, I tested Wealthfront. I tested Betterment. I tested Roofstock. Here's what happened. Here's what happened six months later. Here's what happened a year later. So like people were invested in how you were, you personally were moving your money around doing with your money instead of just hearing like you getting on a soapbox and talking about, you know, save 10% of your paycheck, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You know, like one of the, I mean, yes. And that was so fun. I actually, I'm like, wow, I should really start that show again. That was a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) the, The thing, the reason, one of the reasons why we wanted to start the podcast is we just felt like everyone was lecturing us. Yeah. Dave Ramsey, like, no, like, no, I don't, first of all, I don't believe what? No debt, debt bad. Yeah, like, uh, don't use credit cards, cut them up, or, you know, like, your mortgage is dead, and there's actually good, I think mortgage debt is good debt. If you're investing in rental properties, you have debt, Um, cheap debt. Uh, And so we wanted to do it differently. We, you know, we didn't want to be like the authority, like, this is how you do it, like, we just wanted to kind of share our opinions, um, allow ourselves to be wrong. Um, So we we wound up creating something different. that helped, but like uh, it's like this like trope in the like startup community where it's like first time founders they focus on the product, mm. and second time founders focus on distribution. And I think um, we put a lot more time into like the show and making it good, the distribution. Uh, but but it's really like you have to bang the drum about it. What were those things? I mean, you talked about early days, like, you know, basically telling everyone you could, hitting up all your contacts, like trying to get people to advocate for you. But, you know, that's only going to get you so many listeners in the beginning. How did you guys just keep distribution going to like get it to, you know, one of the biggest personal finance podcasts? Um, So uh, the iTunes SEO hack was big. Um, What we would do. uh, So so we were a a website first. And then we were a podcast, and the podcast very quickly outstripped the website in terms of people. Um, but what happened is, like, we were just creating show notes, uh, you know, like two, three hundred words about the episode, honestly, because we felt like we had to. We felt like it was like compulsory. Mm-hmm. And then what happened is, um, some of them started to rank for like weird things. And we eventually realized that we should make them into full length articles and properly position them. And then they brought in a lot of people and we put, put the listen box in there. And so we would get we, a subscribe button, listen. We would get a lot of listens on our actual webpage. We would get like a lot of people clicking subscribe from there. You know, we would collect emails and then, you know, we would tell them about the show in the autoresponder. And so it was like all signs point to the show and really just trying to use every piece of real estate available to us you know we would um partner with other podcasts do like competitions like we could do this better than you or raise this for charity or something um i it it was just like making lots of noise you know yeah i mean that's that's uh i'm just taking notes here that's an interesting one in that 
the show notes created its own flywheel. Cause like I'm thinking of an example, uh, best Vanguard funds, right? You guys probably did an episode on like your favorite Vanguard funds, ones you invest in whatever. And then you get to use that for search, right? Like people are searching for best Vanguard funds. So you create like a, whatever, 1500 word, 2000 word article, and then people searching it. Yes, they can read it or they can listen to you talk about it with more light and color and then they potentially become listeners of the show. And then it, it creates this like its own flywheel is kind of what I got. And, and the, I think like the other side is like really important to identify. It's like growing the podcast is really important, but the podcast was like a linchpin for the site. So that best Vanguard funds article, most of the successful articles on this my matters were show notes first. And what happens is when you publish a podcast or all these things like the Apple iTunes store, Google play, Spreaker, Spotify, like they're all subscribed to feeds. There's like pod notes chart. There's like a bazillion things I'll subscribe to feeds and they either republish on their site or and link back. And so these things that we would create two, 300 words were kind of garbage, but they were just acquiring links at such a rate it was just kind of ridiculous. And so they would rank even mm. with, and then we would make them good. Um, and so one of the reasons I think, you know, I was telling Laura, you know, like about growing the show and she's like, no one would grow a show just for backlinks, but <laughs> it's like only you would do that, Andrew. But I think it's like a really good, you know, reason like you cement authority for you, your site. Um, you know, you get, you don't get like a link to your article, whatever you get, like, Seeking profit or listen, my manner says branded links. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff like super helps, and so it's I think it's the sum of the pieces, you know. Like the podcast is it's a good business, it's a good, like, humble business, and the website could be good, but together it's like one plus one equals three. What about the reviews? You know, I mentioned in the beginning you guys got like over 2,000 reviews. Did you guys, <clears throat> which I feel like reviews used to have some importance when there was like discoverability inside of iTunes, like new and noteworthy. That was like one of the things, right? Like the more reviews you get, the more they, they would push you up. Uh, how did you guys, how did you guys get all those reviews? So it was always like lore. If it counts, whatever we had met, um, Rob, the founder of Libsyn, which was like the first hosting company for podcasts. Mm. And he basically said, reviews don't matter. So, so, you know, whatever. But the thing, what we realized is when we got a decent amount of reviews, people wanted to sponsor the show. Like they had no idea the size of the show, but the number of reviews kind of like weighted in our value. And so sponsors, we think that it kind of like drove listens to a degree. It's like two shows, both look interesting. This one has 2000 more reviews. I'll try that one. And so inadvertently, I think it helped Uh, what we did, which blew my mind that that this would work is we just asked people to leave a review at the end of every episode and we learned that like you're in people's ear and if you ask them to take action and you're mindful about not like ask them to do things all the time and just to name things uh they'll do it like in mass when you ask. And so if we're like, Hey, just go today is a deal on Betterman or whatever, go, you know, a lot of people would go. And so just being repetitive and, and asking and being humble about it. Like we'd ask them for an honest review. Like, mm-hmm. and we'd try to be like, if you hated the episode, like 
Rate it one and let us know, you know? <laughs> uh, like, we read them, and we did. Okay. All right. So nothing nothing crazy there, just, like, kind of what everyone does. Like, hey, go leave us a review. But I, I do like that you guys added, you know, even if we suck, like, we like feedback, we want to get better, just <laughs> go tell us how you feel. <laughs> like an outlet for some haters, too. <laughs> I think some of this stuff is maybe more obvious now. It wasn't obvious then. There weren't, like many professional podcaster people. And I think even if people are doing it, you don't know why people are doing things right? until like after the fact. Yeah. Um, Can I ask you something really random that has nothing to do with this yeah. episode? You, do you see the smoke that comes in or like the fog that comes in through, through your window in the background of <laughs> <Yeah>. this? <laughs> what, what is that? <laughs> My house is always just like kind of on fire. <laughs> yeah, uh, like is, is there a backyard just like trash fire going on all the time? <laughs> yeah. So uh, below, like over there below is what I call our engine room, which has our HVAC units and stuff. And mm. they vent out like right there. It's cold. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Back to our regular scheduled programming. Uh, okay. Do you think, so here, here's my notes for, for in general, like a, a quick wrap up. First one, be different, right? Like creating a podcast, doing the same thing as everybody else is going to get you nowhere. You have to think about like, what is something fresh, new, different that is actually going to get people to listen, tell their friends about going to make you stand out, create advocates, all that good stuff. Second one, create flywheels. So for you guys, it was making show notes getting some SEO value out of that, that would help promote podcast episodes, that would help you get backlinks, and it just created this like flywheel of growth for both the site and the podcast. You guys, it's fan interaction, which I think was super smart, like getting something where people are listening, like, you know, getting your name called on an, on a show, you on a podcast you listen to, like, that's cool, right? Like, everyone, yeah. everyone likes that. Like, why not have them acknowledge you? And it's so, fun picking it, you know, and yeah. getting them to submit it. Like, it's just a fun thing. And it creates some like fun, yeah, like fun content for you to potentially use on an episode. So that's good too. And then reviews were actually more for like clout with sponsorships. So they, they still have some value beyond just like, I don't know, being reviews for reviews. And I think now, you know, with YouTube where there's like real discovery, now it actually matters. Like if you just thumb up, like if you're like, this is pretty helpful. Eh, you know, Andrew and Emil did a decent job. If you thumbed it up, like that actually is like really helpful to like push it forward. Um, so like uh, YouTubers ask for stuff. And so I think it's just, you know, important. Like most people only leave reviews when they hate something. Like right. bought this bicycle, it exploded one star. You yeah. Know? Like, right. <laughs> what about everyone who didn't have their bike explode? Did you guys, uh question just came to mind. Did you guys incentivize reviews at all? Like did you say, hey, we'll pick someone randomly I've done that in the past and it works. It's like, leave a review, we'll we pick someone randomly. Reviews. Okay. So every episode we would read one until we eventually stopped that. I think it was more we were getting lazy or it felt like we were reading the same thing. Um, <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of weird to read a thing. Like, you guys are so great. Like, I would like to read the bad ones. Like, and Matt, you sound really nasally today. That would actually be me that would be talking about. But, you know, <laughs> so we could poke fun at each other. Do you think we, we can end the episode here or mm. do you think it would be interesting for us to talk about how we're planning on growing this podcast? I don't know if it's going to actually work, but like, is, would it be interesting to talk about like, how are we going to grow yeah. this? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we could share that. I mean, 
One, we're going to lean on Listen Money Matters. It, it has just a large idle audience there. It's the email list. It's like over 100K emails. Hopefully, they're not all defunct at this point. <laughs> you know, ads in that show, emailing Lasso people, um, Twitter. I'm going to literally email everyone I know. You may even accidentally get an email from me, Emil, <laughs> telling you to listen or dude, watch. I'm, I'm actually on the show, but okay. Thanks, dude. <laughs> watch this one. Your facial inspections were ridiculous. Every episode. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is, is kind of the same. Um, yeah, some new stuff. That's like the foundation for sure. We we do have a leg up in that you built this audience and listen to money matters. Some of them may be interested in like growing an online profitable business uh, through content. And that may bring some people over here. But like, you know, I think one thing that was a little different, you guys weren't really utilizing YouTube, right? You, you guys weren't recording. I feel just personally, I listen to all the podcasts that I listen to on YouTube, even though they're podcasts and they're on iTunes and whatever. I'm personally consuming them on YouTube. There's no discoverability for podcasts, like even still. Like, I think they were supposed to be added to Google search, really never were. Like, you can find shows on YouTube. Like, so we're, we're video first. We'll cut the video, at, we'll strip out the audio essentially and make it like audio only for that, for those people. But yeah, I think like YouTube will just be big. Right. And shorts, like cutting some segments. Like the the short section, those TikTok style videos, just you know, a minute, two minutes or less. I think there's a lot of discoverability there. You know, like good sound bites that get you interested in what's this channel. People subscribe to the channel. We're slicing all that stuff up. You know, putting like the engine and the machine together was like a lot of fun. Where we spent a lot of time on like the first episode and how it's going to work. But I think we're just going to be so focused on distribution. Um, we could have actually compromised probably on quality where it's just like, you just have to like, Hey, we exist. Right. That is what matters. And then trying to use some, some social audience stuff as well. Right. Like you and I, you less, I've tried to keep get poking you to be more active on Twitter. I need to be, I'm not super, super active. I post like January. I'm starting again. (laughs) Uh, I've been reading the book that you have bought for me. Thank you. Um, I'm also part of the, um, like I, I glanced at it, at like the table of contents and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. I read the yeah, foreword and uh, the, <laughs> the right. author's background, and then I threw it. It to was the side. really sweet. The thing about his daughter, the dedication <laughs> to the book. Yeah, um, I, I got into this thing called like the um, Untouchables or whatever it's called, um, and there are these this marketing woman who has this newsletter. I forget her name. I, that's really mean. I forget her name. She has this newsletter. Why we buy. And they're doing this thing for social media, you know, help people, founders build their brand. So I'm, I'm part of that. So I'm like really focused on that. Yeah. And last thing, I think before we wrap this one up, I don't think a lot of people really think about, like if you're a niche site builder, content site builder, affiliate marketing, whatever, I think a lot of people will probably dismiss podcasting. Like, eh, is that for me? Uh, you built a pretty sizable business, Listen Money Matters, driven off affiliate, like the podcast was really, I think, the engine, right? I mean, yes, SEO and all that stuff like later, but like it the was podcast the was a huge engine. Pound for pound, cold unwashed masses arriving to your site, conversion rate versus people who are tuning in to hear what you have to say, it's like not even comparable. 
I yeah. mean, it's it's ridiculous. So I think it's worth it. If you can get 300 people to just watch, listen to your episode, like that's yeah. worth it. All right, everyone. That was our episode. Thank you so much for listening or tuning in. We hope you got a lot of value out of that one. And as always, follow Andrew at Andy Feeb on Twitter and me at Emil Shore. And if you want to check out notes, resources, whatever, head to SeekingProfitShow.com. And we will check you guys later. See you, Andrew. Later, man. We're Seeking Profit. Seeking, we're seeking, we're seeking, we're seeking profit.